I'm Marianne Kolbesuk McGee, Managing Editor of Healthcare Info Security. Today I'm speaking with Jennings Oski, Chief Information Security Officer at Partners Healthcare in Boston. Jennings will be discussing some of his organization's top privacy and security priorities for 2013. Hi, Jennings. Hello. Tell us a bit about your organization and your role. So Partners Healthcare is an integrated delivery system. It's the largest private sector employer in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. We have about 60,000 employees, and then we have an additional 20,000 or so people who use our systems. So we manage about 80,000 people in our environment. In terms of our system, it was formed in 1994 by Massachusetts General Hospital and Brigham Women's Hospital, and we've um, acquired several other entities since that time. I am actually the Chief Information Security and Privacy Officer for for Partners Healthcare. That's a recent change in terms of my uh, responsibility, and that really reflects on some of the priorities we have as an organization that relate to information security. Tell us about some of those priorities for security and privacy for 2013. We as an organization have come to the conclusion that the privacy and security programs that we built for initial HIPAA compliance really aren't sufficient for the sorts of threats that we deal with now, the change in the regulatory regime, the active enforcement that we're seeing from regulators, and just in terms of our obligation to secure patient and research data. So to that end, we've actually decided to really really merge our approach to privacy and security and create a functional unit. And building out that privacy and security unit, which is combined, so to speak, is going to be one of our primary responsibilities and goals of this year. In terms of that, we're also trying to think through kind of what are our, our priorities across a, a range of problems, if you will. So things like identity management, mobile device management, asset management, user training and awareness. We have several kind of related initiatives that we're undertaking as well, really trying to position ourselves to deal with the change threat and regulatory environment that we're, we're now operating in. You mentioned mobile. What sort of mobile security and privacy programs do you have underway? So we have existing policies that establish requirements for mobile devices, including BYOD. Unfortunately, they're policies, and users can choose to comply or not. So what we're really trying to do is develop enforcement mechanisms. So to that end, we are locking down like our email platform and really basically restricting the ability of people to, to use it unless they're using secure devices. Developing real, obviously, training and awareness to make those policies maybe a little more upfront and trying to be more proactive about the consumer devices people are bringing into the environment evaluating them and trying to get a sense of whether or not they, they comply with our security policies so that we can very quickly let people know that device X just isn't acceptable in the environment. We've been a little slow at that, so we're trying to be a little more agile and, and upfront about it. What are your plans for the cloud? Is that an area you're moving on to, and what sort of applications and uh, things will you be doing on the cloud? So the cloud's a challenge for us, like most HIPAA-covered entities, in that cloud providers, if we're to use them, they have to sign business associate agreements and meet certain security requirements. And to date, cloud vendors have been hesitant to do that. You know, we, we have what I refer to as a Dropbox problem, which is people want to bring these consumer-grade products into the environment. And, and I don't blame them. They're, they're good products. They sometimes work better than the enterprise products that we offer for sharing files and things. So our real goal is to try and identify kind of corporate equivalents of some of those consumer-grade technologies. So one of our big pushes is is to identify our, our corporate version of Dropbox and 
We're negotiating with the vendor right now. I can't uh, name that vendor, but assuming all goes well, well, that'll be one of our first forays into kind of a corporate cloud offering, if you will. And it will be purely a cloud offering. We're not doing a private cloud. I think as an organization, we've said we can't fear the cloud, and we just have to make sure that we evaluate cloud vendors to make sure their security models align with our requirements, and then really leverage true cloud computing as opposed to, you know, kind of doing a partial private cloud approach, which I think to me is it's really, you're not really doing the cloud then. You're just simply hosting more of your infrastructure, and that's not the, the point of the cloud. You're not achieving the efficiencies from a cost and, and scalability perspective. Mass General, one of partners' hospitals, had a pretty hefty uh, fine from OCR because of some lost documents containing patient information. What changes have taken place or things that have been learned that have been implemented at partners since that happened? Well, I, I think the, the primary change has been that that situation started a real honest conversation about the health of the patient. And by that I mean that we've had real meaningful conversations with management about the need to increase or amp up, if you will, our, our privacy and security program. And it's led to kind of a cultural change where people are now self-reporting incidents. I mean, the reality is people in healthcare and busy academic medical centers, they work with lots of data and they work fast and furious trying to treat patients and mistakes happen. People lose devices, paper gets left places. But what I've seen is a cultural change from the top on down in terms of trying to be compliant and trying to report if there's an incident and just be transparent about a uh, about our, our needs to secure the environment. So it's unfortunate that it happened. I feel we all feel sick to our stomachs thinking about about it, but and we feel terrible for obviously the patients that were affected by it. But um, the reality is in some level it was a good thing because it does force an honest conversation about the health of the patient and, and that's clearly something that's a primary principle in healthcare. You mentioned also changing culture. How hard is it to change a culture, to have people aware of what they need to do, what they shouldn't do? Does it take a lot of training? Does it take a lot of persuasion? You know, what do you do? Well, it's, it's all of the above. You know, the reality is there's no single message that resonates with all the actors across an organization. And, you know, the reality is for a lot of clinicians, they view privacy and security as an impediment to care. And what they forget is that the original Hippocratic Oath actually contained, you know, um, provisions about data confidentiality and, or I should say patient data confidentiality. And explaining that and showing that the kind of importance of confidentiality and integrity and availability is really kind of the, the critical thing. And in fact, in healthcare, I found actually that talking about data confidentiality is not a very well-received message in the sense that you know, most of the time a patient shows up and you need to make it easy for people to access data and, and a lot of the controls you have in place actually are impediments to that. But what you can do is talk about data integrity and availability and it's a really powerful message with a clinician to say, you know, if these controls aren't in place, the data may be modified by an unauthorized person or may not be available to you and then you can't treat the patient accurately. That's a more powerful message than talking about passwords and who can access things. You really need to focus your messaging on what resonates with a clinician. And, of course, there's times where you have to use the stick, too. I mean, that's that's part of it. So, you know, everything from sanctions to persuasion to just honest conversations are what you do to, to try and change the culture. Thanks, Jennings. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee for Healthcare Info Security. Thanks for listening.